Godwin. Um, I wanted to dive deep first. So what's your take on Canada and the startup ecosystem and talent? Sure. Yeah, it's uh, definitely interesting. Of course, I'm born and raised in Canada. Uh, Canada is always known as sort of the little brother to the U.S. Uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, and so, you know, cultures are very similar. Um, you know, you know, of course, language is also kind of similar as well. The only thing is that, you know, we have French, they have Spanish, but, um, you know, but in a lot of different respects, we are also very different, um, you know, because, I mean, Canada, of course, we have around like one-tenth of the population of the U.S. Um, you know, we... Uh, our startup ecosystem, for example, is uh, is much smaller as well. And of course, the, the VC or the venture capital uh, kind of industry is also much smaller as well uh, than the US. But it's still a very great place to, you know, relatively speaking, to live, um, to build a startup even, right? Because there are, you know, pockets of, I guess, concentrated urban centers in Canada that are uh, very conducive for startups, innovation, that kind of thing. Of course, I'm from the Toronto area, which is very much well known as, you know, you know the the hub uh, the main hub for uh for canadian commerce activities economy you know things like that right uh, of course you also have montreal and vancouver as well um, and a few other small uh you know other cities as well i mean i can list them off like calgary and i mean halifax and you know there, there's a few more as well but uh that being said you know um while it's small it's also very mighty as well i've gotten the pleasure of knowing like a lot of uh you know, people in the ecosystem here, I mean, a part of Front Row Ventures. So that's our uh, Canadian university focused fund. Uh, so we'd like to, uh, you know, invest in student founders, right, in universities across Canada. Uh, that's basically our mandate and, you know, kind of creating also a uh, tech talent hub, uh, you know, for Canadians, uh, you know, for, for you know, uh, in Canada to contribute to our economy and, and so on and so forth. Um, so I'm still very bullish on Canada, of course, you know, we have a lot of great uh, tech talent, um, a lot of great, you know, innovators, thinkers, um, things like that, right? Um, so yeah, no, Canada is still, uh, although, you know, we still, there are, of course, as with any country, there are, you know, a lot of associated problems, but still, I mean, you know, uh, it could be a lot worse, so. Yeah, absolutely. I think you brought an interesting perspective. I myself have never heard anything about Canada's startup ecosystem. So it was an absolute pleasure to learn from you on that. So um, you, you had mentioned earlier about front row ventures and how you guys invest in student run startups. So I wanted to understand from you. So what is kind of one student run startup in that you've seen in your time at front row ventures that kind of excites you? Yeah, sure. I mean, like, of course, you know, uh, a lot of times, like, these students will become former students, right? And they're not, you know, exactly students right now. I mean, of course, there are a lot of great, uh, you know, student founders out there. I mean, one particular, you know, Fundal Ventures or FRV portfolio company that I'm always excited or, you know, to look at is uh, Valence, or they used to be called Invivo AI. So it's basically, you know, in, in its most basic form, it is uh, using artificial intelligence or AI uh, for drug discovery purposes, right? And so, uh, it, you know, I got to know this company actually a few years ago. Uh, so I actually did my master's degree in Montreal uh, at the University of Montreal. And so, um, you, you know, at that time, of course, my background is in um, biochemistry and business with a focus on pharmaceuticals. And so at the time I was doing a master's degree in molecular biology. 
and uh, right, so I was doing some drug discovery research. And so, um, you know, at the time I was kind of playing around with, oh, you know, uh, kind of understanding what business is all about and um, how do people start companies and, and things like that. And so it happened to stumble upon Valence and, uh, you know, that was all, you know, super interesting uh, kind of concept to me. And, uh, you know, I always wondered what, you know, they were up to. And so after, of course, a few years when I uh, returned to school now, uh, I'm at, you know, uh, doing a pharmacy degree at the University of Toronto and kind of, you know, diving deeper into VC um, and joining Front Row Ventures or FRV um, kind of help or, you know, kind of, you know, discovered after that, oh, you know, they are actually a portfolio company of FRV, uh, which is very exciting, of course. And they're very, very also, you know, growing rapidly. They recently raised their Series A. Um, you know, they're expanded to multiple locations with a lot of different employees. And um, it, it's very, very exciting to see that, you know, homegrown talent uh, being able to, you know, find, you know, the level of success that they have had. Um, you know, that's relevant, of course, to my field and my interests. And, uh, you know, of course, I wish them nothing but the best, uh, you know, as they continue to grow and scale and, of course, positively impact uh, not only, I guess, you know, the Canadian innovation economy as a whole, but also represent, uh, you know, the, uh, the wide diversity of talent that can come out of, you know, a city like Montreal, uh, which is very much uh, if people didn't know, it's a very big center for AI, actually. Um, there's a lot of concentration of great talent there, um, you know, from the, from the universities, uh, from academia all the way to industry, right? And uh, people starting AI startups and, um, you know, building, you know, having that, that, that expertise, right? Being very, very technical, uh, being able to create world-class products and, you know, things like that. And so, um, you know, that, all, of that, all of that to say, um, that there are, you know, believe in Canadian student founders. Um, there are uh, a lot of diamonds in the rough out there. It's just, you know, being able to find them, nurture them, um, you know, giving advice and, uh, you know, seeing them grow and flourish. So there you go. That was extremely eye-opening and I was extremely fascinated by what you'd shared about Canada and how it's a hub for AI. Montreal is a hub for AI. So my next question is, can we segue now into how can Canada better support homegrown and a wide, diverse kind of talent pool? Yeah, that's also a good question. I mean, there are many, there can be many different ways of doing so, uh, of course. So the one, I guess, inferior complex that um, Canada does experience sometimes is the is the brain drain effect, which is basically, you know, there are people who are ambitious here that um, think, oh, you know, I've hit a ceiling, right? And what I can do in Canada. And so they usually go to, well, you guess it, the US, right? Um, you know, for bigger salaries or bigger opportunities or, you know, bigger scale, bigger impact, things like that. Um, and so there are, of course, you know, we've actually also seen a, uh, you know, experiencing a bit of the reverse phenomenon over the past few years um, as well, you know, where, you know, either Canadians working in the US are returning home or choosing to, or electing to return home, or we have actually, you know, Americans or, you know, people from abroad, um, you know, choosing to, uh, you know, immigrate to Canada uh, and, and move to Canada for, you know, for jobs, opportunities, um, things like that, right? 
Uh, and so there are, of course, like I said, a variety of different factors that can uh, come into play uh, with that. Of course, you know, our Canada's immigration policy is probably, um, I don't want to say lenient, but it's more uh, accepting, I guess, in a way uh, that there, you know, we, we are um, very open to immigration, right? Um, you know, as a, as a nation and historically who we have been, um, you know, as well. Right, you know, we are, uh, you know, pretty one of the most multicultural societies uh, here on Earth, um, and so that that always helps. Another is always just, I think, the uh, the the you know standard of living and uh, you know the the types of you know things that you can do uh, as well. The only issue is that, of course, you know, everyone knows by now how <laughs> how exorbitant our our uh, you know housing market is, and so that's does does not help. Right. Um, it is good to, I think, acknowledge the, you know, the downsides of living in Canada as well, because, you know, everyone deserves a, a fair, honest and unbiased opinion. Right. Um, and so, you know, but all in all, um, I think that there are many things that attract, uh, you know, people to, of course, you know, come to Canada and I guess for Canadian talent to retain or to stay uh, in Canada as well. Right. I mean, there are few notable, I think, you know, Canadian companies who have, well, you know, decided to stay uh, in Canada instead of, well, you know, you know, moving to the US. I mean, the prime example is Shopify. Right. I mean, yes, of course, they're a big global company now, um, but their headquarters is still in Ottawa where they started. Right. Um, and so, you know, that kind of, I guess that kind of uh, is, is, is a good representation of how uh, Canada still remains, I think, you know, competitive on the global stage as well. I mean, our economy is still re relatively, you know, big. Uh, of course, you know, it is dominated by, you know, natural resources, which is, of course, something that we have a lot of uh, an abundance of. But of course, we have our service and, and tech, tech uh, sectors as well, which also make up a, a big component. Um, and so, you know, of course, in the coming years, we would like to first expand on that uh, and make it a more attractive place for people, not only people to move here, but for investment as well, right? Um, you know, especially I think for uh, for U.S. firms to invest more in Canadian companies, um, you know, moving forward. So, anyways, all that is to say that you know, uh, Canada, I believe in the future of it. Um, it's, it's just going to, you know, take a little bit, a bit of work uh, to, you know, of course, continue to project ourselves as, uh, you know, important on the global stage. So how did you marry your interests and passions for pharmacy with your interest in VC? And could you explain a bit more about that to the audience? Yeah, that's, those are great questions. So, I mean, pharmacy is basically my solution to um, kind of, you know, how to how to marry my interest between science and business together in a in an interesting kind of way and career. And of course, you know, uh, as uh, what's what's interesting is that a lot of people grumble about how uh, you know pharmacy is dead, or you know, the wages aren't uh, you know as good as before. The lifestyle, you know, there's too much work. Blah, 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 right? Well, which I agree, of course, in a lot of different ways, because, you know, the traditional uh, approach of pharmacy or how people like, traditionally have envisioned pharmacy is, well, 
you know, the person behind with the white coat behind the counter at a pharmacy, right? In a physical pharmacy, right? In a location, um, which still makes up a bulk of kind of where people, what, where pharmacy students will end up after graduation, uh, of course. But, you know, the profession is much, much, much more diverse than just that, right? Of course, you know, in, in school, we kind of uh, expound on kind of the, 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 the holy trinity, if you will, or the top three kind of choices where, you know, people go after uh, graduation. And of course, you know, there's community pharmacy, which is traditional pharmacy that we know. There's also hospital pharmacy where, you know, uh, pharmacists work alongside physicians and nurses and, you know, other members of the professional healthcare professional team to, you know, coordinate care, uh, you know, in, in, in different complex kinds of settings. And then there's also industry pharmacy, which is where, you know, pharmacists work in, uh, you know, wide variety of different pharmaceutical companies in a wide range of different roles as well, right? Like medical affairs, you know, uh, you know, in, as a medical science liaison and uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, but, you know, kind of my uh, real interest really is to expand and, you know, get more people involved in the fourth area, uh, which is entrepreneurship, right? Of course, you know, pharmacy tech is something that uh, is an interest of mine, naturally. And I really do think that the profession of pharmacy can really benefit from new innovative ideas that can help push the you know, profession forward. Of, because if you think about it, uh, pretty much everyone has, you know, like vast, vast majority, right, of people have had experience at a pharmacy before. And what a lot of people have I've said or mentioned is that, you know, for both, like both sides of the transaction, right, for patients who are coming in and for, you know, pharmacists working on the counter, that, you know, the experience is, there's much left to be desired, right, um, that there are many different, I guess, you know, issues related to, you know, the, the experience. And I'm always thinking about, right, even as I work at, at a pharmacy, how do we improve you know, the, the workflow, how do we improve the experience for people, right? Why, why are we doing things this way or that way? How can we, uh, you know, kind of make things more efficient and, you know, increase, you know, patient satisfaction and, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of different things. And so with that kind of respect, right, uh, you would naturally think though, oh, you know, uh, maybe I could be a founder and, uh, you know, build a company, right, to help solve these problems. Um, and I have gone through that route before, um, you know, with, of course, different companies and different kinds of problems, which never really uh, worked out. And so, you know, what is interesting to me is that there are, you know, I guess, you know, personally speaking, I have a wide variety of different interests, right? And not just uh, in healthcare. So like another uh, interest of mine is in the Web3 slash crypto space. Right. And I see, um, of course, you know, very much immersed in that kind of ecosystem with a diverse network, right, of founders and operators and, and investors as well. Um, and I see, you know, I talk to a lot of these, uh, you know, founders, right, as well, kind of on their companies, what their needs are, um, you know, things like that. Um, and so based on kind of, you know, uh, different uh, varieties of interests, right, um, that's kind of really how I came across VC, right? In a way that, you know, originally it was in 2019, I was, <laughs> I was kind of more, um, you know, trying to expand my network. And, uh, you know, of course I started uh, on LinkedIn a couple of years ago before that, but I was really wanting to, uh, 
you know, expand my Twitter presence as well. And so I started, of course, as you may know, uh, Twitter is a great place for, you know, uh, connecting with founders and investors and, and people, I guess, you know, generally in tech, right? And so that's how I started meeting my first VCs and, uh, you know, connecting with them. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't really work in, <laughs> in the VC industry, but I'm happy to always learn about what you're doing, um, you know, uh, and, and, and things like that. And so through that, right, uh, you know, slowly kind of realized that, oh, this is, might be something that I am interested in really working in right, uh, in, in the future. Um, and so, you know, uh, after coming back to school, right, uh, you know, in, in pharmacy, uh, you know, here at the University of Toronto, uh, that, like, oh, you know, that's how I start, got into or did a couple of uh, VC fellowships, you know, uh, joined Frontal Ventures, uh, and then also joined my new firm, right, which is called uh, VU Venture Partners. Uh, it's a fund based out of San Francisco. It was very generalist. Um, I'm part of the healthcare team there, right? Um, and I guess with that, you know, kind of, uh, there's a lot of people who also ask me about how I, how, how do they, how can they, right, break into VC or, you know, uh, how can they get into this industry, um, things like that. And what I will say is especially with people who don't really have the biggest network either. Um, what I will say is that, um, it, you know, for me, like I have been building, I guess my uh, my network, like actively building my network for the past five years or so. And so I was already setting myself up for, you know, kind of that, um, you know, that, that, I guess, success, right? In uh, you know, getting to talk to a lot of VCs and kind of understanding the industry and being able to work in the industry as well. Um, but, you know, what I will say is, I mean, you know, it is pretty general advice, but I think it's really important uh, for people who want to, you know, break into VC. It is not easy uh, by any means. Let's, let's get that out of the way first, right? Because a lot of times, you know, uh, the positions are not publicly advertised and uh, because you just have to know, right? Or people have to refer you. Um, you know, things like that. And even if, um, you know, positions are publicly posted, uh, there's a gigantic, <laughs> there, there is a lot of competition in the space, right? So, uh, so let's, let's kind of look at the different personas of people who want to get into VC, right? There are people who, um, you know, who studied finance or economics or, you know, some form of business, right, in undergrad, um, and they, you know, their, their main aim was, is to, you know, work in VC after they graduate, um, you know, and, and so you have those folks there, then, then there are those, those folks who, uh, you know, of course do the same finance track, but they go into investment banking or management consulting, or, you know, those types of related, uh, roles and in industries, and you want to work for there for a few years, get some experience, and then they want to transition to VC, right? And then there are people like me who, are definitely non-traditional <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, right? I don't have a traditional finance or economics or business background. Um, I mean, I did take some business classes in undergrad, uh, but my background is in the sciences, right? Uh, you know, in the biomedical sciences in particular. Uh, and so, you know, uh, for me, how I did it was just basically just network my way into, you know, into tech, into VC and startups and, and things like that. And then there are those people who become founders, right? Uh, have an exit, uh, make a little bit of money, and now they want to be a VC and they want to invest in other founders, right? Um, and so as you can see, like there's, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of people who want to get into the, this industry 
And like I was saying earlier, you know, even if you have, you know, post a, a position kind of, you know, publicly, it's literally like, you know, for one, one analyst role or something like that, um, post them one day ago, number of applicants is already at 164 or something. Right. So there, there's VC recruiting is absolutely brutal. <laughs> and so what happens then is that, you know, you want to, you know, differentiate yourself, you make you make yourself stand out even further uh, in that. Right. And so how can people do that? Right. One is definitely having a uh, track record of investments, which is something I'm still working on. Right. Of, of notable investments. Uh, you know, number two is definitely demonstrating how you think about certain things, how you think about certain industries, how you think about uh, certain trends and things like that. And that's where a lot of that personal branding and content creation aspect comes in, right? You, you, at the end of the day, like that's, you have to sell yourself in, in some way, right? As a, as, as a VC or as an aspiring VC, right? Because people want to, you know, hear about like what you, how you anticipate the future to look like, right? And so that's why, you know, my main focus uh, focus areas are on my writing, uh, which is I, I do a lot of that on social media and then also podcasting, like how we're doing it right now. And of course, with my own uh, podcast as well. And of course, I'm planning to launch a couple more in the near future. And so, um, you know, that, that helps. But I think at the very, very beginning, the general advice that I would give to people is just start meeting people, <laughs> right? Or just just start, uh, I guess, in that journey. Like if you want to talk to someone interesting, right? Just don't be afraid to reach out, um, you know, whether that's, you know, online on LinkedIn or at an in-person networking event or things like that. Uh, the more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities and chances you will have to run into someone really interesting or uh, will be a great fit for you, right? Uh, to, you know, in, in the future, maybe they can, you know, help out with finding a new job or things like that. Um, and, you know, they don't have to be helpful, like, you know, quote, unquote, helpful right away, uh, obviously. Um, but, you know, uh, even like for me, like I have, you know, made some connections like uh, three, four years ago that, you know, <laughs> I haven't talked to them since, but they became useful down the line because, you know, I talked to these founders, right? Like right when they were starting their company, for example, and now, you know, four, three, four years later, now they're ready for, you know, raising a seed round or a series A or, you know, some round of funding. And I look at them, you know, talk to them again and they're in, and I'm always blown away by their progress, right? And their traction because, oh, look, you know, you've grown, your company's grown. It's really, <laughs> it's really um, interesting, you know, amazing to see, right? Uh, you know, in a lot of different respects. So, yeah, for any, you know, aspiring, you know, VCs out there, there are a lot, also a lot of different like fellowship programs and, uh, internships and things like that. I do encourage, you know, people to apply to those as well. Um, you know, for me, like I did my couple of, uh, VC fellowships, um, you know, as a way to, you know, of course, learn more about the industry, but mainly the main reason why I did them was to meet cool people, right? You can never <laughs> meet, uh, you know, you can, you, you, you know, you can never meet enough the like, cool people, uh, which I always, um, you know, appreciate and uh, really like to do uh, as well. So yeah, that's what I would really say. Um, you know, I, cause I get a lot of messages like that. How do you break into VC? Um, so that's kind of the main, main one, uh, or main, uh, different things I think about. Uh, and I'm, I mean, to be fair, like I'm not a person, perfect person either, right? I'm still working on a lot of these aspects uh, because I'm still very junior in this industry, right. As well. Um, and so, you know, the more, I mean, 
it's just about experience and uh, getting to help one another as well. VC is also very collaborative uh, initially as well. You would think like, honestly, like even uh, in like startups, for example, like you would think like founders, investors, like are these ultra competitive people that always want to, you know, get out, you know, get at each other and, you know, want to see others fail and, you know, you know, having a super competitive and, and thinking about it like a zero sum game. Uh, honestly, like, like startups VC, like it's not a zero sum game. You can always expand the 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 pie, if you will. Everyone can win, right? And there's been more instances of like founders helping each other, um, you know, invest like like VC firms sharing deal flow, things like that. Um, and it's really much a collaborative kind of uh, you know, like working environment, which is really nice. Uh, you know, in the sense that yes, there is still some friendly competition, which is, I mean, of course. Don't get me wrong. I think it's very much needed if you're, you know, a super ambitious person, you know, but at the end of the day, right, it's all about how you relate to people. Uh, and especially in VC, like it's a people business as well, right? Uh, developing, maintaining relationships, um, you know, is is at the core of what you do. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's, you know, that's, that's, that's really it. It's, it's, it can be hard, of course. Uh, people are very complex, um, and sometimes you know, uh, people may react, you know, differently than what you anticipate. But you know, uh, it, the law. As long as you live on Earth, right, or you know, you, you know, you, you exist, um, you have to talk to people, and so um, people skills become really important. Yeah, you shared a couple of great points, and I think the gist of your conversation was to have just start meeting people have a notable track record of investments and just start putting out content start writing about certain industries and trends so i wanted to get your take on how do you approach these founders and vcs and how do you start actively building your network on twitter and also on other social medias like linkedin etc Yeah, so it's a mixture of both inbound and outbound. So um, in the very beginning, when I was just starting out, it was a lot of inbound, actually, or rather outbound, sorry. Uh, because, you know, you're, you're relatively new, your network is you know, relatively small. And so you would reach out, you would send messages, right, on, on, on LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera, or email even, um, you know, asking them, oh, you know, I'm interested in what you're doing. Uh, can we meet up, you know, uh, or, or can we uh, have a quick chat? Um, things like that. And then of course, you know, inbound in a lot of different ways is when you start creating content, right. That people resonate with, um, you know, and, and posting them and just start to post them. Right. So like on LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera, right. You, you start, you know, posting, right. Like posts and, and tweets and, uh, and stuff like that. And people will naturally just reach out to you, uh, in that way, the more that they see that they see you, right. They see what you're involved in. Um, the more compelled that, oh, you know, they want to have a conversation with you, right? Uh, whether that's, you know, because they, they need some help on something or they want to, like, you know, understand something or they could help me with something, right? Uh, you know, a lot of different ways, things like that, um, you know, and so it's very much uh, an ongoing process, um, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I guess on the Twitter front, like in, 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 like in particular, uh, it is hard actually excuse me building an audience on twitter is not that easy especially when you're just starting out um you know as well 
Um, and so Twitter in particular, I think is very good. Like I, like I was saying before, it's a very good tool for both founders and VCs uh, to, you know, really build their brands as well, you know, like, you know, for themselves as well as their companies and, and firms and, and things like that. Um, and I mean, the, mo- the most basic thing I would say, like before, like even like, you know, of course, like following interesting people, uh, that's a given, but um, before even, um, you know, creating your own content, it's best to engage with other people's content as well, right? Because when you leave a comment or you share or things like that, right, on other people's posts, then, you know, then you get that, you know, natural exposure, uh, like, oh, you know, oh, this person exists, but more than that, you know, more than just this person exists, this person has something important to say, Right. Uh, and so that's how you kind of even like on LinkedIn and all you know all other you know social media platforms, right? You just start engaging with other people's accounts, uh, and then of course when you pair that up with uh, you know doing uh, your own posts, right, and creating your own content, that and you know that that double action really helps you know kind of get you out there, uh, you know, put yourself out there, uh, you know, in that way. Um, and so that's kind of how I would say that happens because uh, like for me nowadays, I actually get quite a lot of inbound uh, messages. So like a lot of LinkedIn DMs, Twitter, email, um, things like that. And so, you know, uh, for me, what happens is, you know, I still do a bit of outbound as well, um, especially with people that I'm, you know, a bit more higher profile or that are much more busy or, you know, things like that, or people I just really want to talk to. Right. Uh, but in general, I mean, the mixture of inbound outbound, uh, you know, strategy always works. And of course, you know, being patient is the most important thing of all. I think, you know, it, it takes time, um, you know, building a network doesn't, you know, uh, come overnight. Right. I mean, unless, unless you're a celebrity going to a new, uh, social media app or something, but <laughs> anyways, regard, you know, other than that, um, you know, it does take time. Like if you want to build that audience, that community, right. Um, and so, you know, at the end of the day, just trust the process, uh, you know, trust that you will, um, you know, come out of it as, you, you know, uh, you know, a better person, uh, a more well-connected person and being more, you know, knowing more people will lead you to better opportunities in the future. Yeah, you made some excellent points. And I think the biggest takeaway for me was the double action point. So engaging but also creating content at the same time to kind of get that good mixture of inbound, outbound um, leads and just people reaching out and like trying to uh, discuss with you and like share their opinions and all that. So, yeah, so it was an absolute pleasure and it was a fantastic discussion to have you on the podcast today.